Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey guys, it's Christine Garvin, and I'm so excited to bring you an old friend of mine who has also been a mentor over the years, and what she puts out into the world is so incredible in helping us navigate these very crazy times, as we know. So although we're a little off topic today, it's not going to be so much about hormone health. It really does encompass health as a whole. And her name is Diotima Mantania, and she's been a professional astrologer and tarot reader for almost 30 years. She's the author of Touch the Earth, Kiss the Sky, Allowing the Rational Mind to Welcome Magic and Spirituality. And we're definitely going to talk about that book today. Her passion for science led to a degree in crop and soil science, as well as graduate work in the field. She has broad multicultural training in various styles of magic and shamanism. Her spiritual path is rooted in the Western mystery traditions, the principles of yoga, and a profound connection with the natural world. Welcome, Diatima. Thank you, Christine. It's good to be here. I'm so excited. So, <laughs> good. so as you know, I really wanted to bring you on here because I thought you wrote this like incredible um, synopsis recently, which you do for all of us and people should get on her um, on her list so that you can keep up with what's going on. I'd say like, is it monthly or so that you put out sort of the astrology or every other month? Um, it's it was a, it was about monthly and the last year or so it's been more like every six weeks or so. Gotcha, every six weeks, yeah. yeah. So it's really kind of setting the container for that period of time so that mm-hmm. we have an idea of what is going to be happening sort of, you know, as a culture, as a world, um, and kind of what to prepare ourselves for. And the most recent one, you really kind of talked about what things are looking like for the rest of 2020. And I know so many people are uh, in a place of hoping that everything kind of ends and gets back to normal, you know, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe doesn't have a touchstone for what's sort of really going on from an astrological perspective, because, you know, there's stuff all on the internet saying, oh, we're, we have this many planets in retrograde right now, you know, once that's open over, like, we're gonna, everything's gonna be great, or it's an open portal, or what have you. And I know that that's not always necessarily the case. So, Really, you know, I want to talk to you about that today and, and um, have us have you share with us what's been going on. So let's start off with COVID and what things are looking like around that. COVID is going to be with us for the rest of the year. There's at least and probably into early next year, although I haven't detailed really past February of next year. Okay. So here we are, and people are getting all worried about when is COVID going to go away, and and that's absolutely understandable. But the point, astrologically, what's going on right now is a major change and major shift in a society that desperately needs change. It is the way we live on this earth, the way we live with each other is simply not sustainable. And unless we change, this is easy compared to what could be happening. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. What could be be happening if we don't pull ourselves together and start taking care of each other. Now, next year, uh, there are some astrological things going on that suggest that we are going to get more into a greater understanding of the fact that human beings, for all of our love of individualism, particularly here in America, really work best in groups. Mm -hmm. And we need to start working in groups. We need groups to start working together. 
we need to start caring for each other. We need to drop the hate and the anger and start some understanding. And so what we need to do now, according to the astrology, is recognize that we are in the middle of extreme flux and change and look for the opportunities that flux and change always bring. Because change can be very difficult, but it also brings tremendous opportunities <clears throat> to make things happen for the better. Right. And if we're just constantly thinking, when is this going to go away? When is it going to be back the way it used to be? Then we aren't making the best use of the energies of this time. And although there is undoubtedly a lot of tragedy happening, and I am as everyone else is, I deeply regret the fact that, this tra that these tragedies are happening. It could, <clears throat> it could get a lot worse if we don't learn some lessons from this particular tragedy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we don't learn how to take care of each other, if we don't learn the importance of health care, of community health care, if we don't understand that Health is not an individual thing. Health is, health is a group thing. And that we have to be healthy in our communities, in our countries, if we're going to have a, a healthy global system, if we're going to even have a healthy environment, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, thinking about uh, so many people want to, you know, when are things getting back to normal? And it's like, well, how good was that normal that we exactly. had before anyway, right? We exactly. All of the things that are coming up now existed then, right? It's just a light, light is being shown on them in a different way. It just kind of hit that breaking point. But all of those things have existed and so many people have been suffering for so long, it, particularly in America, because of these things. And so I like to think of COVID, even though it's tough to think this way, but, uh, you know, it's this, this, um, instigator to get us to really kind of step up and, and finally, in some ways, you know, make that change or make mm -hmm. those changes, which really felt like we were on this um, precipice of doing that kind of in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then people got the sort of fatigue around it, right? Um, as we do uh, humans, right? Mm -hmm. we, we get fatigued with having to make these changes. Um, but I think you know, what you're saying is so important about really working with communities and staying within that. And, you know, part of my purpose of doing this podcast is to help empower people to be able to take care of themselves, of the family, in their community, because obviously our healthcare system, as is right now, is not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> no question. No yeah. Question. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you think in terms of astrology that, that COVID was kind of a thing to wake us up because we weren't listening before? I, <clears throat> I'm not sure that that is a particularly useful way to look at it, even though it may be the result of mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that <clears throat> I mean, I think that on some level, we create our reality together en masse with also various spiritual beings and with really all of the conscious beings on earth. So I would say that it's possible that on some level, we realize that change was necessary and perhaps on a group level, this came to the surface in our reality creation as a result of the problems that we are aware of. I don't think that, I think astrology gives us excellent spiritual reasons if we can, if we look at it in the right way, but I don't, I also don't think that the planets are directing us. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that, uh, that they're, you know, mystical, magical rays coming down from the planets that, that say, virus, start <laughs> replicating, you know? Right, right, right. Or they yeah. stimulate the virus to replicate in some way. Right. But I do think that they're 
are patterns that in the in the heavens that are reflected on earth and what astrology is does so well is read those patterns so that we can come to understand the energies of consciousness that are in play at the moment, what we have to work with on an energetic level, and how we can best work through what's going on. For instance, we have a lot of protests and demonstrations right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot in the astrology that says people will be rising up and there will be upheaval and destruction of the structures of our civilization, the various structures of our civilization. And yet, look at the two main types of, of protests that we have. On the one hand, we have people coming together to say, we need to do something about racism in our society. We need to do something about the problem of uh, law enforcement out of control and killing citizens instead of protecting and serving them. And then on the other hand, we have people screaming in Kroger's about how I'm not going to wear a mask because that's my constitutional right. You know, those, those are very, two very different ways of responding to the same energy, the energies of consciousness, patterns of consciousness that are active in the world right now. And we each individually have a choice as to what we do with those energies. And I will say, though, it may seem comfortable for everyone, for for many people, and and I understand it. I do. I go there myself to go, God, when will it get back to normal? Right. right, When, you know, when will I be able to go out and have lunch with my friend Christine again? Mm -hmm. You know, when, uh, when, when, when are things going to ease up a bit? Because I just can't deal with this anymore. But then on the other hand, I'm also, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a wiser state of mind, I'm thinking, what are my opportunities here? Like right now, I am doing a lot of magic. I'm doing magic for myself. I'm doing magic for community. I'm doing group magic. Um, not, <clears throat> well, yeah, I'm doing group magic, not in person, obviously, <laughs> but you know, with, with other people. And because things are so in flux right now, magic is really more effective right now than it is when things are sort of stuck in the same old patterns and you're in the rut and, you know, everything is going the way that it, that it uh, has always gone. But now it's like everything got thrown up in the air and as it settles, we can build something new. You know, the, um, you know Byron Ballard, don't you? And her concept of tower time, this, this time when the, the lightning struck tower of the tarot um, is bringing tremendous change in the midst of a certain amount of destruction. So that when the tower crumbles, what you end up with is a pile of stones or bricks at your feet that the tower used to be built with. And maybe instead of rebuilding the tower, you can build a longhouse that can, instead of having several people climbing up to the top, can bring in more people. Then, you know, instead, instead of making it something where you have to climb all the way up to the top. But that's why it's easier to do magic. That's why it's easier to make changes during a time when there is so much flux and change in the world and in the patterns of consciousness. I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me because, you know, when everything's, like you said, kind of stuck and like compact, right? Nothing can Mm -hmm. move through it. But when everything's up, there's all this space for energy to move through it. And there's a lot more that you can do with that when energy can yeah. move through something. And I also like the the vision um, of, you know, a tower being straight up. And then instead of rebuilding that, building something that, that uh, you know, goes to the side and essentially is for 
the community. So going back to what you were saying about the individual versus the community and even the protests that are going on right now, the two different types, right? One is about the collective ultimately, mm-hmm. and one is about the individual rights ultimately, exactly. right? And one so- helping other people and the other is about being selfish and entitled basically. Right, right, right. And the, the thing about the helping the other people is ultimately we're helping ourselves because racism and sexism and mm-hmm. all of patriarchy impacts us all, right? And this Absolutely. is what we have to have to bring down. But but I love that vision of creating, recreating something that is for community and get rid of this old, particularly American ideal of individualism, you know, mm-hmm. rugged individualism, when we know that's not true, because everything that was built in this country was built on the backs of black people, you know, of, I mean, immigrants, I mean, it was never the white men who get the credit for it, like, they were just the, mm-hmm. you know, the slaveholders and that kind of thing, and so, and built on the backs of women, I mean, so much of, you know, history, and so it, it this coming to a place where we understand um, that it is the collective that creates anything. It is all, it's the community. Absolutely. And I am very sympathetic towards individualism. I think individual creativity, which I talk about in my book, is really part of our work here. Mm -hmm. We're here to learn to create um, reality in in ways that are unique to each mm-hmm. one of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But with this 200 year conjunction of uh, cycle of Jupiter Saturn conjunctions that is happening in Aquarius in mm-hmm. December, mm-hmm. Aquarius is the sign of building a society that is strong enough to allow individuals to mm. express themselves but it is still very socially oriented. We need to build a social structure that can encompass individuality without individuals taking down society in in search of more individualism. Right, right. And I think all the introverts are very happy to hear we can still <laughs> be individuals, right? We, we, st- we can still be on our own. It, it doesn't mean that we have to give it up, you know, for the collective. But, right. but I, I love that. So that kicks off that 200 year cycle kicks off starting this December. It does. Oh. And the cycle itself is based in the elements mm-hmm. of the classical elements of air, fire, water and earth that mm-hmm. are so much a part of uh, astrology, Western mm-hmm. astrology. And what's going on is that in over the last 200 years, with one exception, there's always a little uh, slack at the end of these patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for the last 200 years, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions have happened in Earth signs. Mm. And we've seen essentially us as humans really taking control over the earth during that 200 year time Mm -hmm. to often to our detriment Mm -hmm. and to the detriment of uh, the planet itself but also you can say that we have mastered what humans have been trying to master for a very long time, Mm. which is we have what we need in the way of food and clothing and shelter accessible to us in a way that was not 200 years ago. Right. Was never before that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, and interestingly, the there was an anomalous air, a conjunction in air in 1980. And interestingly, that was what started the very air-related communication of the internet. Mm. The internet really blossomed during the mm-hmm. 1980s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then it went back into Earth in 2000 in Taurus, which is about banking and about finance and about food and about agriculture and we have and it it can also be very much about greed yeah and we have seen we have seen essentially 
financial banking collapses, issues with uh, inequality, massive financial inequality. But now in December of this year, for the first time in uh, 200 years, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, which happen every 20 years, will be happening in the element of air for the next 200 years. Oh, wow. And so the big, element, changes. <laughs> yeah, big changes. The element of air is about ideas. It's about communication. It's and, and Aquarius particularly is about building a just society. Aquarius is very concerned with justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can't say, well, that individual can express themselves, but that individual can't express mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. If you're going to build a just society where everyone can be creative, everybody has to be able to express themselves, but there also has to be a balance, understanding community. And I think what's going to happen is we will be understanding more and more about how we can work together and still appreciate each other as individuals. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It it makes me think even just a little bit about, you know, the how and the why that the murder of George Floyd actually tipped off, you know, a revolution in a way that, none of the other murders of black men by you know police officers in the last what we've at least the last seven to eight years that we've seen videos of and that have been a part of social media none of them aware of because certainly it's been exactly it's been going on a lot longer but you know but these things that we were kind of aware of and would wring our hands and be like this has got to stop but like nothing was really ultimately you know done around it it was like this tipping point with George Floyd and and you know I found it interesting I mean I definitely think somehow because of COVID and everybody being inside and just the 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 intensity around all that you know fed into that but but I wonder if that's part of that leading up to what you're talking about you know with Aquarius and just starting I think more white people understand the depth of racism in this in America at least than ever before you know it was like it was this thing that people were like yeah I know but now there's a different level that I see coming out from a lot of people and there are some wonderful articles about there out there written by um, black indigenous people of color mm-hmm. that really explain in ways that maybe many of us white people did, did not previously understand right. the ramifications of being black, indigenous, or a person of color in this society. Right, right, absolutely. And I think it's also worthwhile, one of the things I talk about in my book is that a lot of what is considered woo-woo mm-hmm. is not. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, there's, there's a way of looking at it in a more logical and scientific way that suggests, and there's science out there that that shows pretty clearly that we are naturally psychic. Mm -hmm. Humans are naturally psychic. That the soul does survive Mm -hmm. uh, from and and come back to earth in a different body. Mm -hmm. I mean, the memories of children, for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, who... Mm -hmm. Who can say who were born in small villages and you know and can say well i remember that in my previous lifetime i mm-hmm. lived in this village and i was a nasty old man and i treated my children badly and my children's names were blah 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 and my wife's name was blah and when researchers go and check that out it's true and how the heck is a four-year-old living in a small village going to know all of that information right right, right. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's also important to realize that on some level, we are communicating psychically as well as on the internet. And the internet is in many ways, a, I think, a uh, manifestation of <clears throat> our psychic abilities that because we can't really somehow admit to ourselves quite yet that, that we can communicate that mm-hmm. way. Mm. And also, I think it's worth remembering that many, if not most of us, have probably lived lifetimes as a different sex, as a different race, as a different nationality, 
than we are living right now. So if we can open our brains up, if we can tune the receiver of our brains into a wider spectrum of reality, we can see that we can start to bring in some of the signals from not only other people, but our other lifetimes, mm. which should stimulate empathy, I think. Right, right. And that's that's what we're so in need of right now. Oh. It's more empathy and, and understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I like that you brought up, you know, the sort of woo-woo factor that, that people tend to think about some of this stuff. And uh, I'd love to dive into how you came to astrology because your background was actually in science, right? Which often is, quote unquote, as far away from woo-woo as possible. Um, And so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story. I actually got into astrology before I got into science. Ah. I was um, living in New York and Manhattan where I was born and raised. And in, I guess it was 1968 or 69, I was walking down Lexington Avenue and I saw this store that had, I found out later, been there for a while. It was up up in an old brownstone on Lexington Avenue called Mason's Bookshop. And I went in there and I met the proprietor, Mr. Zoltan Mason. Nice, Zoltan, that's perfect. (laughs) Eastern Europe, and he was uh, a wonderful astrologer and his the, the brownstone was probably built in the 1800s. And so the store was all wood paneled, wood floors, and the bookshelves were floor to ceiling with a library ladder running on a mm-hmm. track around. So that became my new favorite place to hang out. And I started taking classes with Mr. Mason eventually. Okay. And then after I graduated high school, I took a couple of years off, and then I, uh, I, I decided to go back to college and study science, because I suddenly realized that this was fascinating, mm. and I was good at it, which I never thought I, I, I was before, but mm. some things happened that made me realize that, yeah, I could do math, and chemistry was really interesting, mm. and it all kind of fed into my desire to know more about what makes the world work. Mm-hmm. That's where my interest in astrology and my interest in science came together. Is mm. I really wanted to know more about how this crazy world works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I ended up in 1975, I guess it was, down at the University of Maryland, and I started majoring in agriculture, and I was working my way through college, so it took me a while. And then I went to grad school, also at the University of Maryland, and by that time I had packed all my astrology books away because I had learned that you can't be a scientist and believe in astrology. Right. (laughs) 1975, for instance, was the the year that, I think it was 125 scientists got together and they took out a full page ad in the New York Times, just trying to destroy astrology. But you know, Carl Sagan refused to sign that. Oh, yeah. Because he said, uh, well, I go into that. I, I, I won't go into that right now. I go into that on my website and some articles on my website. But it was not a good time to be an astrologer and a scientist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I got into grad school, I was going through a number of personal changes, and I really needed some guidance. So I went and I dragged out that book of, you know, that box of astrology books. And I started looking in my ephemeris and looking at my chart. And it really helped me. And then I realized it is not in any way scientific. If, if this is helping me and it's helping a lot of other people and most of the people I meet who are into astrology are highly intelligent and very well educated who are into astrology as professionals, you know, right. not just reading the sun sign columns. Right. Then it really is not at all scientific to dismiss the lived experience of a bunch of people. Now, could it possibly be that we're in the midst of, that we are all participating in some mass delusion, that we're all fooling ourselves? Sure, it's possible. But I have convinced myself over the years, for reasons that I go into in, in, in my book, that that is not, in fact, the case. I, astrology, as a scientist, astrology drove me crazy because you cannot, I, I couldn't come up with how or why it worked. But it was Sagan himself in his response to that 1975 ad in the New York Times that pointed out that it is also not scientific to demand a mechanism. 
Right. As he pointed out, there was a scientist named Wegener who first came up with this whole concept of um, how the continents shift and move over the, you know, over geological time. And all of the great geophysicists of the, you know, geological folk scientists of the time were saying that's absolutely impossible. He was practically drummed out of you know, the scientific fraternity mm-hmm. because this is what he said, but he ended up being right. And the reason that people said he couldn't be right is because they could not think of any mechanism that would allow the continents to drift. Right. right. Because they did not know about the great heat engine in the center of the earth that drove it. Mm-hmm. So I realized that the fact that I don't know how astrology works does not mean it doesn't work. Right. And, and it, even that it's not scientific in some ways, you know, I mean, I, I try and tell people, you know, acupuncture, I think, is a really good example of something that for a long time we couldn't prove via, you know, our scientific method. And so mm-hmm, we pish poshed mm-hmm. it, even though it had been used for thousands of years by millions of people, you know, and then suddenly we well, figured out. <laughs> right, right, right. And and suddenly we figured out a way to sort of look at it through our scientific method and we're like, okay, it's it's valid and legit, you know? And so time and time again, these things that come up, it's just like we haven't figured out how in our way mm-hmm. to prove it yet. And so we believe it's not true. And it's so frustrating when it's like, but literally there's so many people throughout the world with so many different, you know, I, I look at from a perspective, obviously, of, of different medicines um, and, and different approaches to health, you know, but I mean, I, I think of astrology as an approach to health, too. You know, it's a- it absolutely is. And there's an entire branch of astrology called medical astrology mm-hmm. that many people have found really useful. Mm-hmm. And many astrologers have sent their clients to a doctor saying, look, you've got some problems coming up here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you really need to go check with your doctor mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like astrologers are going, oh, I see you have cancer. Right. No, right. It's, right. it's that I see that in your chart that there are patterns that suggest health issues mm-hmm. and that perhaps you should go check with your doctor. Right. And um, it, and it, it is so helpful in those situations because so many of our medical tests only show things, a lot of people don't realize, only show things once it's fully kind of full-blown, right? You know, once the cancer is a tumor that they can find, once it's this, once it's that, and and we do that over and over again, that we wait until there's something that absolutely has to be dealt with, and it's way far along the line when we could have worked with it earlier, and mm-hmm. it may not have grown, mm-hmm. it may not have come to be that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, any kind of situation where you can empower yourself around your health um, and help guide you, I'm like, I'm all for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And astrology can also help people understand a little more about some of their physical weaknesses that Mm -hmm. they were born with Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. coming in. And also, astrology is not really helpful if it doesn't help you remediate those problems. So Mm. astrology can also, um, besides just sending you to a doctor, suggest other perhaps more magical ways Mm -hmm. of working to improve your health. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little while, because I think that's really important, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask this earlier and I was like, I'm not going to forget. Um, I, cause I think it's really interesting. So Pluto is having its return, correct? Like uh, for America. For America. Yeah. And that's starting. I, I, I couldn't quite get the dates on it. Basically, Basically, it's in what we call orb in astrology. In other words, it's in effect. Mm-hmm. Really, it's been in effect since about 2018. Okay. will be in effect until about 2026. But it becomes exact. In other words, it, Pluto returns to the exact same degree it was in 1776 on July 4th at uh, almost its with, within just a couple of arc minutes of exact in April of next year. Okay. And then in 2022, it makes, it, it becomes absolutely exact. So yeah, at least in America, we're looking at a couple more years of, of major changes going on because not only is Pluto returning, but 
currently Saturn, transiting Saturn, transiting means where the planets are in the sky right now, is, is going over our natal Pluto, mm. our, our USA natal Pluto. And boy, out of the whole world, we're the ones who are not handling the, the, the epidemic, Crisis. the yeah. pandemic very well. Yeah. And that Saturn-Pluto conjunction suggests that pattern. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And that's going on for the rest of this year, which is one of the main reasons I, I really don't think that the... That we're going to get out of it. We're going to get their act together or that, you know, the, the people who are running around screaming and coughing on people and, you know, demanding not to have to wear masks. I don't think any of that's going to change. Change, yeah, absolutely. Um, for those that don't really understand Pluto's purpose... Um, can you just speak to that just a little bit? Because I, I think that that's important to understand how um, intense it can be when, when it does show up in a, in, you know, a sign. So, Well, Pluto, as you may recall, was the god of the underworld. And the planet Pluto, interesting that it was named so appropriately, is also often about things that are buried deep coming to the surface. And it also tends to be about death and rebirth because Pluto was the god of death, you know. So it also tends to be very much about death and rebirth and about the phoenix rising again from, from the ashes. But the death has to come before the rebirth. <clears throat> and so what we are looking at is the death of our country as we have known it. And we are going to be responsible for its rebirth. And that's a big responsibility. That's huge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we are as responsible for its rebirth as uh, the founders of the country mm. were responsible for its original birth. Wow. And it's important that we pay attention to that if we want to end up with a country that still upholds the basic values of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and justice. Justice and for all, yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I brought that up because I think that is such an underlying point of what we're experiencing right now. And for those of you that are Capricorn like myself, we've been feeling that deeply in our own lives since about 2008, I believe, is when Pluto went into Capricorn, right? Mm -hmm. And and many of us have experienced some you know form of a death and rebirth. And if you haven't yet, um, you it's... I sure did. <laughs> Very literally. Where's you there for a while? Yeah, 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 exactly. No, absolutely. I, I definitely experienced it in a very deep and profound way. And, um, you know, for, I think it's somewhat, I see people that haven't, I mean, I, I know a lot of people actually that had a pretty hard 2018 or 2019. It seems like it was really intense years for a lot of people, but people that didn't have really crazy experiences, this, what we're going through as a collective right now is it for them, right? It's shaking them to their core. Um, and this is essentially kind of what Pluto does, right? And it has us go to that, that underworld in order to come out on the other side. And so um, it can be feel really, really hard right now, but there is the other side eventually we just have to you know do our work and hold on about another aspect of pluto sure yeah power. Mm. and pluto is very much about power mm -hmm. the ability to change things the ability mm -hmm. to act and it's important for all of us during this time to claim our own power mm. to whatever extent we can mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now some of us are going to have more problems with that than others because some of us are going to be so beaten down by right. society that it's going to be very hard to say, I am powerful. Right. Kneel so on your neck and show you just how not powerful you are right it, now. Yeah, exactly. But for those of us who have privilege in this society, it is extremely important to claim our power and particularly for those of us who work with magic and spirituality and understand energy mm -hmm. it's 
the the current psychic zeitgeist is really difficult right now mm-hmm. and every single one of us has a personal energy that we contribute to the zeitgeist mm-hmm. each person's personal energy it's like if if you pluck one string on a guitar the other strings are going to start vibrating and we are affected by the vibrations of others and we affect the vibrations of others. So those of us who are in a secure and strong enough place <clears throat> to claim power and to start shifting our own vibration need to really work on that. And I talked about that in my last blog post about how I'm hearing a lot of hatred and excuses for violence, but this is not in any way healthy. Yes, hatred and anger can motivate change, can spark change, but too many people are taking hatred and anger into themselves and nurturing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And instead of just letting it flow through and flip a few switches, and then they can come back to a more center, emotionally centered place and say, ah, now I see, I'm angry about that, so I know what I don't want in my reality. Mm-hmm. I hate this, so I know who I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So now, from a more emotionally, spiritually balanced place, having let the anger and the hatred flow through and make, bring us to a necessary state of awareness, mm-hmm. now I can come back to a more emotionally balanced state and change the way I interact with the world so that... I am more empathetic so that I am more powerful so that I am getting out there and doing whatever I can do to change what's going on. Because if you are holding on to the energy of hatred and anger, it's really clear there's been a lot of actual science done that shows that our thoughts affect our health, affects our physical health, it affects our mental health. And if we're carrying around all of these negative emotions, then we can't really be of much help in this time of change. Right, absolutely. I think it's important, part of this this Pluto return, particularly, it's going to particularly affect some people more than others, but part of this Pluto return for Americans in general is about reclaiming our power to shape a society that is just and empathetic and caring and not one that is destructive of everything that we hold dear. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I, I, the power of, of Pluto. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and it really kind of uh, points to me something that I focus on a lot with my clients, and you know, I talk about it here a lot is the importance of self care in this work, mm-hmm. and I think that in in feeling all of those emotions and that all of that intensity if you're constantly out in the world and um you know kind of projecting that out like you're going to be depleted you know and it is in the self-care aspect that i think those those uh, switches can be flipped a lot of times right when you come back to your center whether that's through meditation or visualization or whatever it needs you know self-care is not really ultimately about I mean, I love massages, but that's not what it's ultimately about, right? Self-care is a deep um, taking care of your mental, emotional, and physical health and the ways that that, you know, really happens for you on a deep level. And that is the place where you can say, oh, okay, I don't have to be run by these emotions anymore, but I'm very clear in my purpose and my path, you know? And, And I've noticed for myself, you know, how I, in my 20s, I did a lot of social justice work and was very involved mm-hmm. in the anti-war movement. And, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a big push in um, any kind of kind of social justice of like pushing people to their past their limits. Right. Because it's like you're doing it for the cause and you're doing it for the people and you will burn out. You will hurt your you not only hurt your health, but uh, you're not really helping the cause if you can't, you know, be healthy and be good and be strong. And this is a long game. You know, I, I know mm-hmm. that we, we get caught up in like the moment and like the protests now. And, and I think that the protests were definitely necessary and I'm sure that they will continue on, but you know, really think about the ways that you yourself can like, for me, it's like, well, how can I support, um, you know, this movement in a way that, that really um, feeds both, 
both the movement mm-hmm. and myself, you know, and, and for me, that's, I really want to support black women in particular, mm-hmm. particular in the health field that have not been lifted up. It's been so mm-hmm. white in like the functional medicine world. Right. And there's so many incredible black women out there doing this work that haven't had mm-hmm. any kind of real spotlight on them. And so any ways that I can support that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so I really, you know, guide people to remembering that because you're, you're not, you're going to really just hurt yourself in the long haul. If you get caught up in that anger, if you're out there all the time and you're not coming back into here, your, your hormones are going to be out of whack. I can tell you right now. It's all going to be out of whack and you are going to be less powerful in the world. Absolutely. If you're vibrating with a lot of anger and hatred that you're that you're holding close to you yeah absolutely so let's talk just a little bit about how people can use astrology for you know supporting their health and their wellness and I I believe that you talk about this in your book a bit too I do to some degree yeah the the book itself is is a little more wide-ranging and Mm -hmm. and I mention astrology here and there Um, but a lot of it is coming to understand what your strengths and what your weaknesses are and also coming to understand how you are likely to react to the current energies in the world and how you can best steer your life in the direction that you want to go. And I think most people who come to an astrologer, some people who come to an astrologer are just, when am I going to get that new job? Yeah. When love. Right. When am I going to get love? <laughs> I, I've never done that. I've never gone to astrologer for that. Um, but really the question is, how can I develop towards becoming the person that I was born to be, essentially? And so astrology can help both from a spiritual point of view it can also help from a practical point of view. You know, I can look at someone's chart and going, love, no, not this time, mm-hmm. maybe next year. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, get yourself out there, meet people because mm-hmm. there's somebody out there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ditto with the job situation. Mm-hmm. And I am not the sort of person who believes that astrology tells you what's going to happen to you mm-hmm. it just tells you what energies you're likely to be working with in your life and how you need to pay attention mm-hmm. it's no different than than saying well it looks like it's going to rain so you might want to get an umbrella mm-hmm. well you know you don't want to plant corn in the middle of december mm-hmm. well you don't want to go out and and have a you know a wedding party in the middle of a pandemic There are things that do influence you and astrology talks about the influences that are that are coming into your life and how you can best react to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe do, you know, the the wedding celebration online or there there are other ways of dealing better ways of dealing with the energy and astrology helps you find those ways. Mm -hmm. And also from the point of view of health in the hands of a good medical astrologer. And, and I have, um, I, I do not consider myself to be primarily a medical astrologer. I have some knowledge of it, but if I was working with someone who had specific medical problems after sending them to their doctor, I would also right. send them to someone I know who is a very good medical astrologer. Right. They're well, specialties. I remember when you, you know, last did my chart, you did just give me a couple of things to really think about, um, with my health and my healing process that I may not have because it was like I was focusing on this sort of one path and you're like, well, make sure, you know, you check this and this too, just Mm -hmm. because of what's showing up in your chart. And I thought that was really helpful. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are houses in the chart that specifically reflect health. Mm -hmm. There are planets and it's not necessarily the same planet in each person's chart that reflects their health. So when you see, when any astrologer sees pressure on those planets that are related to health, you're going to say, hmm, you know, you might, you might want to check in with your doctor and, and if there are issues, you know, check, we'll, we'll check back with your chart and, and see what, uh, what other options are there. Mm-hmm. There are also often 
they're ways of um, trying to say this without sounding too, oh, everything happens for a reason. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but there are also things that illness can point out ways that you need to change in your life. Mm -hmm. And astrology can help you understand some of the changes that you need to make in your life to improve, that will improve not only your health, but your life in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So um, tell us a little bit more about what your book covers, because I want to make sure that everybody sort of understands that, you know, all the goodness that's going on in there. Well, <clears throat> the book is something that has been percolating inside me for a long time, mm -hmm. because... I never gave up science. Mm -hmm. I never, you know, you don't suddenly say, well, I just don't believe in science. Well, some people do. I know, right? It does happen. <laughs> it's been known to happen. So I have spent decades trying to integrate science and magic and spirit and come to an understanding of how all of those things reflect the reality that, that we live in. I do, I have, I have, I did not, I was not a physicist. I, you know, physics was not my branch of science. But since I have left school, I have become interested in quantum mechanics. I've taken some courses, I've done a lot of reading, and I see a lot in the magical community that tries to explain magic in terms of quantum mechanics. I think trying to do that is a mistake because <clears throat> unless you're a physicist and I have actually taken classes from physicists who are also magicians. That's cool. And this is where I've gotten a lot of, you know, my ideas. But there is a lot of confusion around quantum mechanics even around even, you know, within physics. Yeah. And there are a number of what are known as interpretations of quantum mechanics that try to relate the math to the real world. I think we need to leave relating the math to the real world to, quanta, to, uh, to professionals. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to there is an, there are a number of respected professional theoretical physicists who say consciousness is the ground of reality. Then you're starting to talk about something that I can talk about. Mm. I can talk about consciousness because I have been exploring my own consciousness through meditation, through magic, through therapy, through all of the ways that we explore our personal consciousness for decades. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see a lot more discussion between scientists and magicians about that, although I don't think that's going to necessarily happen anytime right. in the near future. But what I did do is I, in the book, I took that consciousness is the ground of reality interpretation of quantum mechanics. And I, I quote the physicists themselves saying this. Wow. And I look at it a little more deeply from the point of view of the things that I have been studying for so long, like psychic abilities and psychic development, like reincarnation, like <clears throat> working with spirits. I mean, really, do you, this, this whole consciousness thing, we don't even know how to define it, honestly. Right. Not at all. <laughs> and, you know, the, the concept that we are the, are the pinnacle of conscious consciousness just doesn't make a lot of sense, right. particularly when we realize by looking at near-death experiences and some of the research that's been done around uh, near-death experiences and reincarnational experiences, it very much points to the fact that consciousness exists independently of physical reality, mm. and that in fact, each one of us has an individual consciousness, that it that exists independently of physical reality and that oh my god there may be even other consciousnesses that are perhaps either non-physical 
or interact with the physical world in a way that's different from ours. Mm -hmm. Now, you can call those gods and goddesses. You can call them uh, spirits. You can call them, a, and, and there are a number of different levels of consciousness and spiritual beings who are not physical that we can tune our brain, which instead of being the creator of consciousness can be looked at instead as the receiver of consciousness, as the radio through which we manifest within the reality of time and space. And I believe that time and space is a reality which consciousness has chosen to create within. Time and space are our limits here in, in physical reality. Right, and we right. are challenged to create within those limits. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't exist outside of those limits as well. Right, that right. doesn't mean we can't contact other beings who live outside of that consciousness mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So in the book, I talk about ways of expanding consciousness. I talk about ways of connecting with other consciousnesses, with other higher forms of consciousness, and what many people would consider lower forms of consciousness. Mm -hmm. For instance, the, the, the land, spirits of the land and of nature, the spirits of trees, for instance. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, if consciousness really is the ground of reality, then damn, we should really work on exploring consciousness to whatever extent we can. Right. Through shamanism, through magic, through meditation, through many, many spiritual tools. Because honestly, many, if not most of the world's great religions have been saying this for a very long time. Consciousness right. is the ground of reality. Right. Even the Abrahamic religions. What is God, if not a consciousness that is that exists beyond as well as within physical reality? Mm -hmm. so, and now more than ever, right? We need to connect with all these different consciousness as we try and build this new world and and you know thinking about from a health perspective i mean so many particularly women are dealing with so many health issues right now you know autoimmune diseases that are out of control um i, I see it as generations uh, you know and ancestral stuff that's just been passed down and now is the time just like we're creating this new world creating new health within ourselves too and connecting to these different consciousnesses consciousnesses <laughs> in order to support in that process you know i'm like it's a holistic approach right like you're doing what you can do and then you're asking for support and help exactly. from other things out there too yeah exactly. yeah well tell people how they can get your book since it gives all this good information and guiding well, process i have a copy right here oh good show it to us oh, oh nice. earth, kiss the sky it's a beautiful cover yes i love it that's why i wanted to show it to you <laughs> and it should be available at local metaphysical bookstores. And I really hope that people will contact their local bookstores because many of them are open with limited hours or they will ship to you. Mm -hmm. So you can go to your local bookstore and most, most metaphysical bookstores, I think we'll have it in. It's published by Llewellyn, which is a, a well-known metaphysical publisher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also available wherever fine books are sold online. Gotcha. Yeah. And yes. Go go to your Google. local ones first. Yeah. <laughs> we need to learn that. more about it. You can go to Amazon because there are, you know, reviews and, and all of that on Amazon, but then you can call up your local bookstore. And right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. And then if people want to, you know, be in touch with you or learn more about you. What, what's your website? Uraniaswell.com. So that's U-R-A-N-I-A-S-W-E-L-L.com. And Urania was the, um, the goddess of astrology in ancient, mm. ancient Greece, the goddess of the stars. And so I consider her well to be the well of the, the, the night sky. Oh, I love that. I never knew the reasoning for that name. So that was, that was good to hear that. Um, and, and you do astrology readings and consultations, right? Correct. Yep. I do indeed. I am okay. a professional astrologer. Yep. And I also, if you go to uraniaswell.com on pretty much every page, there's a way you can sign up to get on my mailing list and 
I'll probably only send something out once every six weeks or so when I write a post. But if anyone wants to keep up with my thoughts on what's going on astrologically, then signing up for my mailing list would be the way to go. Yeah, I highly recommend doing that because it's such a great way to um, to see what's happening, you know, and keep sort of in touch with what's happening. Um, and I think a lot of us need that touchstone right now um, on some level. You know, I know a lot, a lot of people always ask me, hey, what's happening astrologically? And I'm like, okay, you need to get somebody that really knows kind of the bigger picture and you're one of those people. So I just want to thank you so much for being on here with us today. I know that, you know, people got a lot of good information just about um, the bigger picture of what's happening in the world right now and then also how they can use astrology for themselves, you know, and I, and I think it is such a good supportive thing um, for particularly for women. So well, thank you so much for having me, and yeah. it was great seeing you again, and we should probably just do a Zoom call for the two of us sometime we sh- in the distant future. definitely Since should. Coffee or lunch isn't going to be happening. Anymore. Right, right, exactly, exactly. We'll have our coffee over Zoom. Right. <laughs> okay, you guys, I will see you next week. <laughs>